Recording from the Sunshine City, St. Petersburg, Florida, overlooking beautiful Tampa Bay, this is the Sonography Lounge, sponsored by Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute. This podcast is dedicated to medical professionals and patients around the world interested in diagnostic and interventional ultrasound. Our podcast will discuss everything ultrasound, from news, trends, career paths, new technology, and industry updates. Hosted by Lori Green and Tricia Rio of Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute, they bring over four decades of experience in the ultrasound profession and are here to guide you through this journey. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'm Tricia Rio. I'm a registered diagnostic medical sonographer and vascular technologist, and I'm here today with uh, my co-host, Lori Green, president and founder of Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute in St. Pete, Florida. Hi, Tricia. Hi, Lori. How, you How doing? are you? I'm good. How are you? Great, great. Did you have a good weekend? I did. I had an amazing weekend. I uh, spent most of it on the beach relaxing and uh, uh, re-energizing my batteries and ready to rock and roll this week. Nice. Yes. What were the temperatures this weekend in sunny Florida? That's right. 70s? 70s and 80s, and one of my friends, good friends up in Ohio, she sent me a text picture today of walking out her door, 18 degrees and snow all over the place. So <laughs> I sent her a little, you know, smiley with sunglasses on. <laughs> Rub your, it in. Your toes in the sand. <laughs> yep. Wonderful. How about you? You working good? Oh, yeah. It was a nice weekend. Spent the weekend with my children. We went for a nice long bike ride down at Robinson Preserve, which sits on Tampa Bay. So we had a really nice time and my daughters are six-year-old twins and learning how to ride their bikes they're getting pretty good at it so it was fun yeah it was good so we're gonna do a little educator spotlight today we're gonna find out a little bit more about our founder and president Lori Green and so Lori can you tell us a little bit about how you went from being an x-ray tech to the founder and president of Gulf Coast Ultrasound Institute Sure. Um, That's an interesting story, and uh, there's a lot of different pieces to that that, uh, story. I guess I'll start with uh, I went into x-ray school, and uh, I turned 17 when I went into x-ray school. I actually graduated from school early thanks thanks to the uh, good schools in Ohio that when I moved to Florida, I'd already met all all my credits for for graduating, but I didn't want to graduate at 16. So I stayed on, and uh, when I graduated, then I was like, I have no idea what I really want to do. And I can remember standing at a payphone calling my sister and saying, I'm out of high school and I have no clue what to do. And I didn't want to go to college yet because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started looking up different technical schools, and I actually applied to dental hygiene school. And then I also applied to x-ray school. And at that time, there weren't any uh, any really formal schools, except they were all hospital-based. So I went to x-ray. I got accepted into x-ray school there. And uh, that was interesting because when you're going to apply for x-ray school in a hospital-based program, they'd have you come in for your interviews. And they always had you come in the afternoon because that's when they do all the really cool stuff, you know, the angiograms and things that you get to <laughs> right. assist with. You know, they don't tell you anything about the barium enemas and all those things that you do in the morning. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, this is cool stuff. You know, I can do cool stuff and I can help other people. And, you know, I think this is a good start for me because 
you know, hey, medical profession, there's always going to be people who are sick. So, you know, I felt like, well, this is a start because it's job security and and uh, I'll always be able to get a job because people are always sick. So going fast forwarding and through x-ray school, I realized very quickly it wasn't quite the cup of tea I was looking for. Um, I really love the emergency medicine being on that track and the surgery and the special, you know, procedures and things like that. But I could definitely do without the barium enemas. And, and so, you know, moving forward, I ended up working in an outpatient uh, clinic, which I really liked that environment. And uh, we had a new radiologist, young, innovative radiologist that joined our team. And um, I was pretty low man on the totem pole there. And uh, he came in one day and he said, we're going to start doing ultrasound and we're going to be the first outpatient clinic in our area to have an ultrasound system that actually does Doppler too. There was nobody else around that did it. <laughs> wow. And so I had really no clue except from uh, going through a rotation in x-ray school of ultrasound, but it was static V-scanners and, you know, you're in a closet in a dark room and I'm like, this is pretty darn boring. But uh, you know, this sound then when he came in and he's talking about this, I'm like, wow, I'm really intrigued. So he said, we're going to train someone, one of you to go to school. There's an evening sessions over at um, the uh, college in Tampa and it's a year long and we're going to train someone and that's going to be your primary job and you'll just be back up for x-rays. So he's like, all right, who would like to, who would like to train? And I'm looking around and nobody's raising their hands. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is a great opportunity. So I like sheepishly raise my hand up, you know, and everybody's looking at me and I'm like, nobody else is going to go for it. I am, you know. So he goes, all right, Lori, you're the one. And you're going to start the school in two weeks. And I'm like, awesome. So this particular school, there were, there were no long-term schools at that time. You know, everybody was pretty much trained on the job. And so every once in a while you could go to some evening you know, lectures or something like that. But one of the criteria for this was that you had to already be working in ultrasound, which I wasn't. And so I'm like to the radiologist, like, how can we do this? And he goes, oh, I'm taking you over to the hospital and you're going to start training and you'll be, by the time you start school, you have been working for two weeks. And I'm like, okay. That seems a little intimidating. <laughs> wow. So yes, it was. So the weekends I would drive over to the hospital with him and we would read um, ultrasound examinations and I'd observe and get to do a little bit of scanning but you know not a whole lot but so when I I started the, the school it was evening sessions it was three nights a week from like six to ten and it was definitely a challenge because I I definitely had probably had the least amount of experience of everybody that was in the class but um, but I made it through it and um, I had to quickly learn right after abdomen OB, I got sent over to a hospital in Orlando and they said, we need to do, we have a new cardiologist coming. You got to learn how to do echoes too. And I'm like, I'm barely even doing abdomen OB. And they're like, you can do it. You can do it. I'm like, okay. They hand me this little booklet that's probably like 30 pages long that has all the different echo views, 2D views on it. Um, but that's it. And that was my pre-course study material. And off I go for a week, and I go to the hospital in Orlando, and first thing they do is hand me a transducer. Here you go. You start. I'm like, I've never even seen an echo done before. Wow. And they're like, okay, it's a see one, do one, teach one deal. And I'm like, okay. So I would watch them do the echo, and then they would have me do it. And then at the end of the day, they had all these M modes that had to be measured, and they'd put a stack of them on the table and say, okay, measure these all, measure all these M modes. And I'm like, I've never done this before. <laughs> 
you know, this is crazy. So they don't, don't worry about it. We're going to check them. We're going to check them. So for a week, that was like a crash course in echo. And then I came back. And of course, the, you know, many of our participants are, are in, not in that same exact situation, but in a position where they're like freaked out because I got to go back and I got to start doing these. And I don't have anybody supervise me. Well, that was my case. Like I was coming back, the new cardiologist, and they had like five echoes on the schedule. And I just started crying. <laughs> I was like, I got to do these by myself. I can't do this. But wow. I worked in, I had a wonderful cardiologist and he helped me out with it. And I just struggled through it. And, you know, you just have to decide, you know, are you, do you want to do this or do you not want to do it? And it was so fascinating and I was, it was just so exciting to learn something new about everything. It was just, I would come home from work every day so excited and like bring, you could never do this now, but bringing ultrasound images and saying, look what I did today. You know, I did right. this, I did that, you know, and it's just like, everybody was like, wow, you have an amazing job. And so that just kind of, you know, moved forward. And um, it seems like your passion really drives your work ethic. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you have to really love what you do. And if you definitely if you want to be in education, you have to really have a passion to teach. And, you know, I always have one enjoyed teaching other people, even as a kid, you know, I we would play school and <laughs> I always had to be the teacher, of course. And, <laughs> and but little did I know that that's really what I would end up doing in my lifetime, right. you know, as, as far as my primary role. But um so anyway, yeah. So then from there, I got spearheaded. I got thrown into uh, one of our equipment reps that we bought the system from. He called me up one day and said, hey, Lori, we're, we're looking for to hire clinical specialists. Um, we've been, uh, we're going to hire six people to cover the entire United States. Do you know anybody? And I was like, mm, no, I don't, I don't think I really know anybody, but I'll keep my ear open for you. And so I remembered when the clinical specialist came to show me the controls on the machine and I thought gosh what a fascinating opportunity they'll travel the world and you know at least the United States see different places work with different people and it just seemed like it was just a great great job to have you know so um, after a few days of thinking about it I talked to my husband and I said you know they were asking me if I knew anybody but gosh, that would be an amazing opportunity. What do you think? I might call him up and tell him I'm interested. He goes, you need to go for it because we didn't have any kids at that time. However, we'd only been married about six months. <laughs> so uh, I called the guy back up, the sales rep, and I said, I, I, did you find anybody for that job yet? And he said, no. And I said, I, I might be interested in it. And he goes, well, we were hoping you would say that. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> So that was the beginning of the next, you know, domino effect because, uh, you know, that that I gave my notice. And, of course, they weren't that happy about it. But um, but that was the next big, huge opportunity. So, you know, I think it's a lesson for everyone to remember that whenever opportunities, you know, come available to you, even if you don't know exactly where it's going to lead you or if it's going to be the right thing to do that you at least have to go for it because I would never in my wildest dreams thought number one that I would get to learn how to do ultrasound and then next get an opportunity to work with a leading ultrasound company at that time and be part of their you know sales and education team right. 
and then from there led to being able to uh, you know be the founder of Gulf Coast Ultrasound so so you know it's important I think for people to to really not bypass opportunities if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know so right, you know right no. yeah I think it's easy for you to get caught up in fear or just um you know the lack of, or the fear of the unknown or maybe even feel like in your situation it could have been easy for you to turn your back on that opportunity because you felt loyalty to the people who had brought you to this point and you know I think it is it's really important just to take advantage of opportunities when they present themselves so that's amazing. All right. So you become clinical specialist. What did, how did that translate into deciding that we needed to start an ultrasound institute? So in my uh, world of being a clinical specialist, it was a lot of flying. Like I really hadn't flown that much. So I was like, you know, very novice on traveling <laughs> to, to say the least. And so it was at that time, you know, this, you had travel agencies and all that kind of stuff. And and uh, so my first thing was that I had to fly and meet meet up with another clinical specialist, and I was supposed to shadow her for a whole week, see what it's like to to do sales demos, and also go to customer sites and and show them how to use the ultrasound system, so that I could kind of get into the groove of things. And she picked me up at the airport, and she's giving me all the little tips and tricks on how to travel. Like, I had this huge suitcase. She goes, that's got to go. Like, you're not going to be able to get on all these flights and go all over the place with this big, hard case Samsonite thing that was chock full. You know, I brought iron with me. Like, I learned that very quick that week. That is definitely not the way to travel in this job. But... But, uh, you know, she, she filled me in and she was wonderful, but I was only with her one day. And then the, I get a call from my, my boss that says, Hey, we have this, uh, demo going on at the university of, uh, North Carolina. Like this is a big deal. And it's in the echo lab and these hot, high, you know, leading experts in echocardiography are looking to buy our system and we don't have anybody else that knows how to do echo but me. And I looked oh. at her and I said, you got to be kidding me. I've like been on the job a day. day. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, you can do it. I go, oh, well, I don't know about this. And she said, she goes, well, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> you got to go. So the sales guys pick me up the next morning and then we drive to the, the next location. And I am just like so nervous I'm shaking just like I don't even know what to say and the guys are just like just scan they'll ask you questions just answer them the best you can just do the best you can that's all you can do you know and um I'd done carotid Doppler but I've never had never done cardiac Doppler and that was like their big thing this is just when cardiac Doppler was starting to you know be introduced and all the things you can do with cardiac Doppler and it's just gonna revolutionize you know echocardiography and I was still learning about it myself, you know. It brings all new meaning to ah. fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what they do, they bring this patient in that is huge. <laughs> like, this is just not fair, not fair at all. But to my surprise, this is just, you know, you can't, don't judge a book by its cover. I put the transducer down and she had gorgeous parasternal long axis. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And... So there the, the doctors are, oh, that's a great image, la, 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 you know. And then the next question, well, let's see what the Doppler looks like. And I'm like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> 
So I looked at the sales rep. I'm like, oh, my God, please help me. And so I just wung it. I mean, I, it was definitely winging it. I just turned on the, put the Doppler in, you know. I had no idea what I was sampling. I mean, I knew what valve I was in, but I didn't know what it was supposed to look like or anything because I was being trained on that at the same time. And it was, I could tell that the Doppler signal was terrible. There was all this wall motion noise and everything. And I'm trying to, my, my wheels are turning like, how do I make this better? And so I just, I don't know what happened. Like my guardian angel was watching over me or something, but you know, I reached up, turned the gain down, bumped up the wall filter, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, whoa, it's, it's a beautiful Doppler signal. Wow. And they're like, wow, that is awesome. And so we get done with the sales demo and the sales rep goes, how did you know what to do with that Doppler signal? I go, I don't even know. It, I just did it. It just, you know, I I don't know. I was just in the moment and I just... Because I've got ultrasound <laughs> in my veins. <laughs> but so that was my first sales demo. And um, then, you know, that just continued to leave. Well, I was the only one that they hired that had any Doppler experience at all. So they were like, you're the only one that knows Doppler. So you got it all. You know, you're doing all the... doesn't matter whether it's cardiac, carotid, peripheral vascular, whatever. So anyway... Once I got through that part of it, and um, I was on my own and going to different customer accounts, the thing that I found out um, first and foremost was that because there were no schools, that really everybody was just being trained on the job just like I had been because there weren't any schools. You had to have the persistence to, you know, just do your do your due diligence to learn as much as you can. And so I traveled everywhere with books and articles. And whenever I was on a plane, I was reading, just trying to learn as much as I could because I knew I had to deal with working with the leaders in the industry. And I didn't want to embarrass myself or the company that I worked for. So I, I knew I had to do that. If I wanted to be successful at this, I had to I had to do it on my own. I couldn't just depend on somebody else to spoon feed me with things. And so, again, I think that's another learning um, point is that, especially in the ultrasound profession, is that you can go to a long-term school. It doesn't matter if you go to a one-year or two-year, you have a bachelor's degree. It doesn't really matter. But ultrasound is so evolving, and it's constantly changing. There's new technology. Things have changed so much over the past I mean, I've been in ultrasound since 1979, so I would never imagine that it's where it is today. But if you don't keep up on the changes in technology and how we use it and what we can diagnose, you're going to be you're going to be lost. You're you're just not going to you're you're not going to be able to get the jobs because it all depends on your motivation. And I think that's something that might be a little lacking in today's society is that it's not one and done. Right. You know? right. Right. Yeah, it definitely takes a while. I mean, I went to a traditional ultrasound school, but the people who trained me after school, which I think is where 90 percent of my learning actually occurred, um, they were people who had gone and were x-ray technologists just like you and had cross-trained or were nurses and they got pulled in and they the hospital decided okay you're going to be a sonographer now and it was the same situation where radiologists just trained them on the job but they're also the ones who knew just what to do when you couldn't get the image just quite right or if you saw something you'd never seen before they are also the ones who were really passionate about it and those are the people that, you know, when we're talking about our patient care, 
they're the leaders. You need to follow in their footsteps, look at what they're doing and do what they're doing, constantly learning and reading and just having a passion for the field. And if you feel that way about it, you'll never want to stop learning. Exactly. Right. You can't be a, you can't be a nine to fiver. You know, if that's your, if that's what you want in life, you're never going to be a great sonographer. Right. If you're going to go in, punch the clock, try to get as many patients done as you can, go home and not put forth any extra effort to learn more, you're not going to have the opportunities to grow in your career, make right. more money. Um, there's so many different opportunities in ultrasound, but you're not going to have that if you're not willing to put forth the effort in it. And I think right. that's the biggest probably the biggest message that I could I could tell new people getting into the ultrasound profession that a lot of times when we speak to students they're like oh I don't need CME credit because I'm a student or I don't need CME credit because I just took my boards it's not at all about the CME credit right it's about your growth within within your profession and learning new things so that you can help truly help in patient patient health care you know it's all about the patient what would you want with your mother being scammed by someone who doesn't really care to grow in their profession? Or do you want someone who's really putting forth the extra effort? And I think that's where people really need to think about it, not just as I got to get my CME credits to keep my license active. It's about that's part of it, of course. But I need to learn as much as possible so that I can be the best person helping my patients so that I can get the correct diagnosis to help them get to treatment as quickly as possible. And at the same time, I'm going to help um, expand my career opportunities by doing so. And so I hope that, um, you know, as we moved into starting Gulf Coast Ultrasound, that was my, that was really my goal was that by seeing that void in the industry, that there were no places for people to get trained and I was having to spend more time with them. I didn't mind that. I actually enjoyed the teaching part of it. It was a lot more fun than just showing the controls on the machine yeah, and the doing sales the sales part. demos. I could do without that, but I really enjoyed the teaching part of it. So what I did was um, I put together, I told my husband, you know, there's a definite need for education. I'm going to put together a proposal for my company to open up an education center. And <clears throat> at that point, I'd already been doing clinical specialist position for a couple years. And, you know, I would have liked to be home with my husband a little bit more. We hadn't been married very long before I took that position. I really would get home Friday nights and have to leave Sunday nights. Sometimes I was lucky to leave on Monday. So I got to see him for like a couple, maybe a day and a half, two days a week. So I was kind of looking for something that would allow me to spend more time with him. And so I put together this proposal, and he helped me. You know, we had typewriters in, no computers, okay? <laughs> so it was just a little while. And um, I submitted that to my boss, and I loved my boss. He was an amazing mentor and always supportive of anything that I wanted to do to learn more, you know, and subsequently help the company as well. So he said, this is a really great proposal. And he goes, would you like to move to, uh, to Seattle? Well, my husband and I were actually thinking it would be an amazing place to live, you know, but um, I said, well, I really don't want to have to move to Seattle because I have my family here, but, you know, I really think there's there's enough need to have an education center out west and also one on the east coast, and I'd love to, you know, head up the one on the east coast. So they put it through, and they came back with, you know, this is a great idea, but at that time, education was not a profit center for ultrasound equipment companies. 
they were coming out in the new system just about every year new systems were coming out and that's what their focus was to sell equipment not education right um, that's how it's switched around a little bit nowadays I yeah. think but but at that time that was what the the focus was so I got you know you know I got the rejection I was like okay that's fine you know I understand and but I still was like I know that this is a definite need so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to reach out to a bunch of people that I know through my networks, you know, people all over the country, you know, because obviously we had no money and I had no money. We went to the banks. They said, well, you got to have credit to get a loan and you have none. So you have no credit and you have no money. You have a great idea, but that's it. So I'm like, okay, I need help. I need outside help. Yeah. Well, so I reached out to a lot of the sales reps I worked with through different companies, just different people. And they were all like, we will support you in any way we can, but we're not willing to put up any money. You know, they're like, that's, I want to say that's pretty ballsy, but, but, that's, that's <laughs> you know, pretty bold. that was their mindset Please. that, you know, you are really stepping outside of the comfort zone. there trying to do something like this. And I'm like, I, I, I just know. So I went to another one of my uh, physicians that I had worked with in the past, radiologist, and I said, I have this idea. I really think this will work, you know. And he's like, you are nuts. You're absolutely crazy, Lori. I can't even believe you're thinking to do that. No one in their right mind would do that without an MD behind the name. You will not be successful unless you have a physician on board with you. And I'm like, well, well then join me. Join me. Well, he didn't <laughs> want to put up the money. And then I went to another radiologist and I said, I'm going to need some speakers and things like that. And we had known each other for a long time. And I said, you know, would you be willing to at least be a speaker? And he's like, oh, I don't want any part of that, Lori. He goes, you know, because no one had faith. They just thought, you know, here's this girl and she does. I'm, I was a nobody. And and she's willing. she's willing to put her you know, right. reputation yeah, on the you're line. not a physician. And I'm not a physician. You're not a big CEO of a company. You've never done this before. So, yeah, the only thing you had was a really clear vision of what you had to offer and what the modality needed. Right. So that was 1984. And um, I said, you know what? I don't care what people say. I don't have a reputation. So if I fail, I have nothing to lose because nobody knows me anyway. So, (laughs) you know, why not go for it? You know, so I still I reached out to all I had no money, no credit, no ultrasound equipment. I had um, my husband, thankfully, his degree was in marketing and journalism and marketing background. So he was able to do the little brochures for me. And we started out with um decided on like three core courses that we were going to do and we gave a gave ourselves a year to get it put together and uh we had five hundred dollars in our savings account and that was it Wow! and so we used that for the marketing materials we worked out of the home and then fortunately uh, many of the sales reps the local sales reps they were willing to help out if they had equipment available and they weren't scheduled any demos they would help us out so i also had to do some bartering with some of the local mobile companies you know if you'll let me use your equipment for these days then i'll give you a free tuition to one of your sonographers a free tuition to whatever class they want to come to okay and so it was having to be creative and how you'd make things happen when you don't have anything 
So it was a challenging time period, and that went on for about three years. We didn't make our first cent for three years. So I did the courses on the weekends because I figured that, you know, equipment co- uh, hospitals, employers would be more willing to let their sonographers pay for them to go to a CME training if the sonographer was willing to give up their weekend. Yeah. So kind of give and take bit. And it gave me then the opportunity because that wasn't income generating for me that I had to work a second job. So I worked a full-time job Monday through Friday. And then at nights, we would work on the Gulf Coast ultrasound stuff. We would put the notebook, all the notebooks were hand typed, not computer, hand typed. I spent hours and hours and hours doing that. And then we would do our bulk mail in our living room. Um, I forgot to mention that in the middle of all that, I found out that I was pregnant, which I wasn't told that that was going to take like years to happen. And all of a sudden I was pregnant and I go, okay, now I have a baby coming. And so that was right in the beginning stages as well. So I'm having to take care of an infant, work full time, run the show on the weekends. And, um, it was very, it was a challenging time. So, uh, every year at the end of the year, I would say to my husband, do we really want to keep doing this? You know, because, it's not giving, we're not, you know, I love what I, I would, we've got a good, good thing going as far as offering a good quality program, but we're not making any money and we're working our tail ends off. And, and so we would just each way with, let's give it one more year. Let's mm-hmm. give it one more year. And finally, third year, we made a profit yeah. and I would go to the post office. We had a little post office box. I pray, please, God, please let there be some checks in there, <laughs> registrations in there. And so our first class was 1985. It was an echo. And we have five people. That's right. And I was so embarrassed. Like my, another friend of ours, I was, it was like the week leading up to it. And I said, I'm so embarrassed that there's only five people in the class. And he goes, why? And I go, because, I mean, that's not, you know, we're not even making a cent. And he goes, they don't know that there's only sp- not supposed to be five people. So you go in there and you just act like this is how you planned it to be. Right. Small, intimate, one-on-one attention. And so I did it. And that was a, a very good advice because that was true. Those people came in. They had no idea if there was supposed to be five or 500 there. And they had a great you know, experience. And then that's when you start getting more and more people coming through. You have word of mouth go through that, hey, this is a great place to go. And then Incredible. So that's how it all got started. And um, at that time, registry reviews was our big one because you only could take the boards once a year. Once a year, yeah. So we had our registry reviews were our really big course and really kind of carried us through the and year. And it was pen and paper then too, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, yeah, so that – so that started the the whole process. And then over time, we started getting more physicians coming in. And they were like, you know, this is great. You need to really market this to physicians more. And I'm like, because the whole whole uh, Gulf Coast was started to be for sonographer education, right. really. And so that was where the whole, how we planned everything was for the sonographer. But then we started getting more physicians, and they they were benefiting from it. And then they said, you know, you should get AMA Cat 1 credit. If you did that, you know, probably more people would come. And I'm like, okay, you know. And then, of course, all through time, uh, the technology is changing. The use of ultrasound is changing. Ultrasound systems are getting miniaturized. So that opened up doorways for other physicians besides 
radiology, radiology and cardiology and OBGYN were the so main ones. So tell me, how many participants have you educated in your 35 years of business? We've had over 150,000 physicians, sonographers, and other medical professionals attend our programs, utilize our education resources, and uh, across all specialty practices. We have, you know, obviously point of care is a huge um, right huge uh, use for ultrasound, you know, for emergency medicine, critical care, musculoskeletal, anesthesiology, all of those areas is continues to grow. Yeah, areas so, we never envisioned it being used. Yeah. And it's just, it's dominating and it's really providing a life-saving modality for patients in a critical situation. So 150,000 people have been educated because of one person's vision and persistence and the just not saying no, saying, nope, I'm going to do this, and I don't care who's behind me. I got this. So you were talking about your AMA Category 1 uh, CME credits. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your accomplishments with the ACCME? Well, that was a very um, challenging process because uh, to become an AMA Cat 1 provider, it's similar to, you know, a hospital going through their their uh, JCO and um reviews and things like that and it's a very uh it takes about 15 months to actually even do your your uh application process but um and you have to write a self-study and they select court uh you know activities to review and it's been streamlined and it's it's better now than it was when we very first started but uh, it's still very challenging. You have to be the best of the best in order to become a provider. Some people can get joint sponsored, but to be an actual provider is quite challenging, and it's, ex it's an expensive process. So you really have to make the decision you want to go for it. But we really thought that, you know, we had a good thing going. We had grown a lot, and we were actually uh, the first, one of the first for-profit organizations to receive um, accreditation by the ACCME. Wow. And I'm pretty sure um, only non-physician-led uh, organization, so non-physician, for-profit organization, and pretty sure the only female woman-owned so type business. Yeah. So, and it was quite a challenge. Our first two, our interview was with our first um, re reviewers. They came to your, they do a site visit. And um, one was a radiologist and one was a retired older gentleman, a retired family practice physician who was a retired hospital administrator. And, oh, my gosh, I went home. I just cried. He was so challenging to deal with. I was so thankful, though, that a radiologist was there because he he got it. He understood what we were doing. But this this the other the other reviewer was, you know, first of all, he, he flat out said, who do you think you are? as a non-physician going through accreditation to, to be able to teach physicians as a non-physician. Wow. And I was like, well, I think what we have here, you know, I went through the whole process and, you know, kind of proposed it to him. But, but I think, you know, we did, we did demonstrate that we were compliant with all of the criteria. And then I, I think the radiologist that was a reviewer tried to help him understand on the way back home, you know, what we are doing is a valuable um, process. And it goes through a lot of different, it's not just the two reviewers, it goes through multiple board, you know, reviews before they make their final decision. But you start out with um, uh, two years, uh, kind of a probationary time period, two years, and then after you get through that first two years, then when you re go for reaccreditation, you can get 
four years or six years um, is you can only get six if you meet all the core criteria and then all of the criteria for commendation. You have to meet every single one of them. You have to meet it. So um, over the years, we've received, of course, we receive reaccreditation every year. And for the last two years, we've multiple times received six, six years with commendation. So the last two consecutive six years, we've had commendation. So, that's, you know, and, and that, that's amazing. That, that's definitely something that I'm very, very proud of because we're, that is a, being accredited to provide education for physicians. And you have to meet those requirements that, that they have set forth right. that meet the needs for being able to provide education to physicians. So, yeah. you know, we go, we always, we never just go for just the, the four-year. If you're going to go for it, go, go all the way. It. You that's know, right. you need to prove that you are the best of the best. And that's what we do. Yeah. And they, they're always changing the criteria, so that means you got to change the way you're doing things. And yeah. so if you don't continue to evolve, then you're not going to get that commendation. You know, yeah. You've got to prove right. it in multiple ways. <laughs> you've really changed the perspective, I think, um, amongst the medical community in regards to the view of ultrasound. You know, the, the participants that you have worked, you have shown them that it's no longer just physician teaching physician, but you can learn from anyone as long as they have the capability, the skill level, and you've demonstrated you deliver a quality product. I mean, I see it in the reviews that come through with the participants who do come and take the activities here, and everybody says the same thing. It's the best course I've ever been to. So, I mean, just that you have a level of determination and persistence. You've changed the perspective. You've opened eyes and doors for many, many people and given a lot of people opportunities that never would have happened. So certainly something to be very proud of. Um, to wrap it up, can you tell us a little bit, you know, speaking of physician education, can you tell us a little bit about your ASEP award? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ASEP award. So we were one of the first to offer uh, a, an um uh, we were one of the first to offer a hands-on program for emergency medicine ultrasound. Uh, that was back in 1994. And uh, we have continued to grow and modify those courses, and they're, they're conducted in, in, uh, in accordance with ASEP guidelines and WIND-focused guidelines for critical care. And those have grown and grown and grown over the years. And many of the physicians that are teaching other physicians in different capacities and lecturing and um, performing ultrasound. A high percentage of them have been through Gulf Coast Ultrasound, and uh, we were part of their early education, and of course they've taken it on to their next levels through various efforts, but I received a I phone received. call from the ASAP saying that um, that uh, we were, um, that I was being given the award for the uh, point of care uh, emergency ultrasound advocate award and uh, was I going to be at ASAP and I tried to go to ASAP every year and I said yeah I'm going to be there and so I was just it was just an amazing experience that uh, that particular award particularly when I went up there that the um, person giving the award went through some uh, he had interviewed like different people that I had interacted with, people that had have been speakers with us in the past, or maybe had just been to a course, and just the the comments that they had to make about me, but but also just Gulf Coast ultrasound in general about how it was such an integral part of 
their ability to learn how to utilize ultrasound in a clinical setting and how it has changed the way that they practice medicine and uh, expedited the time it takes to get a patient uh, diagnosed and to treatment and ultimately save lives. And so I was, that was like an amazing experience and I was very appreciative of it as well. Well deserved for <laughs> sure. Well deserved. Well, I mean, you certainly have built quite the company and you've just, like I said, you've changed the perspective and the face of ultrasound. You've been an integral part of advancing ultrasound forward, especially in the emergency medicine and critical care and point of care applications. Um, you know, sonographers who are in school today, I don't even think that they realize that all they're seeing is the tip of the iceberg and what lies beneath the surface for them. Do you have any words of wisdom for somebody who's either in school or new in this modality? That's very true, Tricia. And I think that um, the words of wisdom that I can impart on whether you're a student or even a seasoned sonographer, that the first um, thing is to make sure that you take advantage of opportunities that come come your way. You know, uh, you never know when that opportunity is going to come again, if at all. And it can change your whole life if, you know, you take advantage of it. Just don't be afraid to take advantage of those opportunities. Fear is your worst enemy. Um, you, a lot of times it's, uh, you don't really know what you're, there's a song out there, darling, do not fear what you don't really know. And I think that's the case with anybody is that you don't be afraid because you really don't know what's what's in front of you. But if you don't take advantage of the opportunity, you've lost all chance of even finding out. So that's the first thing. Don't say no. Don't let uh, naysayers get you down. There's always going to be people who don't want to see you succeed, that maybe they're threatened by you or, um, you know, they, they, they're jealous of what you're potentially going to do or even what you're doing now. So you have to be have faith in yourself and be persistent and do what you need to do. You have to do your due diligence. It's not going to come to you easy. You know, everybody wants the quick fix, the quick get rich quick scheme, that kind of thing. It, it, that's never going to work. If you try, if you try to go down that road, you're going to fail every time. If you're willing to put forth the effort, do what it takes to be successful, then you will be successful. It's not, not going to be an overnight. Most businesses don't succeed. Um, it usually takes at least two years for new businesses to even earn their first penny. So you have to go into it knowing it's for the long haul, whatever direction it is, whether it's a new career, starting your own business, whatever it is, you just have to go into it with the mindset that you're going to do whatever it takes and not get put, you know, don't get discouraged if it's taking longer because it's, it is going to, anything worth working for is going to take time. And uh, learn as much as possible. Do not ever stop learning. As soon as you stop learning, then you're going to you're going to stop growing, right? And so it doesn't matter if you're a student or a seasoned sonographer, physician, non-physician, you have to always have, bring your A game. And the only way you're going to bring your A game is if you keep up with technology, keep up with changes in the um, profession and the use of ultrasound and learn as much as you can. And recognize um, that you have to have the passion for what you do. If you don't enjoy being an ultrasound, then you need to look for a different career. You know, this is all about saving lives. So what I think a lot of people don't recognize that what you do on the job makes a difference in the quality of patient care and ultimately can save a life. And I can, there's countless times that I've had people come to us and say, 
you know, because of what I learned at Gulf Coast, I actually saved a patient last night. The day I got home and went on a new shift, saved this person, and this is what happened, da, da, da. So you got to really have the passion for what you do. If you don't have the passion for what you do, then you're not going to want to put forth the effort to learn all these things. You know, don't look at it as this is just a nine-to-five job. I'm going to clock in, clock out, and do my thing. you got to constantly be looking for how can I make improvements in not only myself so that I can have career growth, but also what can I do to help improve the quality of patient care and their safety. Oh, it's so true. That's really good advice. And, you know, I think that when you're new in this field, it can be a little intimidating and you don't quite know where to go. But, you know, there's numerous resources out there. And I just think that if you just dive right in and ask a lot of questions, and like she said, you know, just try to absorb every piece of information that you can and never be fearful to try something that you haven't done before. And that's what will make a great career and ultimately a a profession full of passion. So, well, thank you so much, Lori. It's been a pleasure learning about your history and how it came to fruition. Um, You know, this is a new podcast for us, so we're always looking for listener recommendations. We'd love to hear some topics that you guys would like to have us um, speak on. So please comment and share with us what you'd like to hear us talk about. Thanks for listening to the Sonography Lounge. Don't forget, if you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram, at Sonography Lounge, and Twitter, at Sonography LNG. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, feel free to send an email to us at sonographylounge at gmail.com. Have a great week and scan, scan, scan.